It's my show. What the hell are you doing? Continuing my cosplay routine whenever we have a new guest. Okay, let me figure this one out. Should be a pretty easy guess. All right, all right. Let's see here. You're wearing all black. Yeah. Black glasses and face mask. Wearing a mask is amazing. Um, Do you really need a hint? Well, no, but if you're offering one. Fine. <sighs> uh, Nightcrawler? <sighs> no, he has a tail. <sighs> oh, okay, I got it, I got it. Who am I? Black Panther. No, doofus, I'm Darth Vader. No, I am your father. And scene. So why the hell are you dressed up like Vader? Because Vader is my favorite superhero. Huh, you dummy. What are you laughing about? Vader isn't a superhero. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Uh, first off, a superhero is the star of the story. Vader? A superhero discovers his superpowers. But Vader discovered the dark side of the Force. The story focuses around the superhero. True that, but there are six movies that Vader is the focus of, so... Vader is a supervillain. Who is redeemed in the end. Yeah, but he, he's still a villain. He's more like a superhero who lost his way. Wait a second, wait a second. Okay, I see what's going on here. What's going on is my true understanding of who Darth Vader really is. So this is all just one big ass kiss to Mother because she has a thing for Vader. It's a deep voice in the cape. She, like me, loves the way he walks around with confidence, with his long black cape swooshing all around him. All right, get your fupa back in your pants. Not wearing pants. And another point, superheroes wear capes and Vader wears a cape. Okay, okay. Why don't you just change into a costume that's a little more apropos for a true blue superhero? But I'm already dressed. Well, don't you want to wear something where our guests can actually see your face? Why when my wiggly butt is my best feature? Well, you need your nose free, don't you? Good point. I know. All right, Obi-Wan, you may have won this battle, but I will gain the high ground and be right back. Can't wait. Give me a second. Be right back. All right, well, since Indy's fixing her wardrobe malfunction... Hold on, I haven't found anything yet. Yeah, yeah, I got the show while you're gone, okay? So, like I was saying, today's show is about... What the hell are you doing? What? Can't hear you over the chainsaw. Well, turn it off. Hold on, let me turn it off. Oh, DJ, what the hell are you supposed to be? I am Groot. Okay, but listen, Groot... Doesn't wear a cape, but still a superhero. He's part of the gang who saves the world from the apocalypse. Yeah, I know who Groot is. And if you're trying to emulate him, well, you just blew it by talking so much. I am Groot. Oh, DJ. All right, fleshy friends. In honor of today's topic, superheroes... I am Groot. We would like to take this moment to give a special salute to some of the doggo heroes from Ground Zero. I am Groot. Fascinating. On September 11, 2001, more than 300 search and rescue dogs answered the call. I am Groot. Already old. I am Groot. Andy, I appreciate the dedication to character, but one more I am Groot and I'm cutting your mic. I am not going to be bullied by your threats. You may continue. Groot. Oh, Jesus. First off is Riley the Golden Retriever. Many photos of Riley show him being hoisted over the wreckage, searching for survivors. These photos were used as a symbol of hope during such a dark time. And after 13 years of loyal service, Riley's body was studied to better understand what the effects of working such a hazardous job does to a dog. That's being a hero even behind the grave. Well, it's better than being worm food. Riley's up at the Rainbow Bridge now. Okay. Unfortunately, 
Many of the search and rescue dogs from 9-11 suffered from depression because their job is to recover living people, but most of the people they were found were deceased, including the brave firefighters who lost their lives. Next up is Apollo. Apollo is one of the very first search and rescue dogs to arrive on the scene of the South Tower, 15 minutes after he was struck. From that moment on, he went on searching for fleshies for 18 hours a day for weeks on end. In dog time, that's like years of working in pretty much a war zone. Also, I am Groot. That's part of our point with these doggy heroes. If you give us a job, we'll do that job until we drop dead if need be. Just give us some love and some treats. Also, did you just drop another Groot a second ago? Nope. Sage, a border collie, was just two years old when she arrived on the scene of the Pentagon that day. I don't even remember what two years old was like. Me neither, except that I must have been cute. I was for sure cuter. Anyway, Sage received the highest level of recognition from FEMA, as well as the 2009 Search and Rescue Award for Canine Excellence. I'm not one that's usually driven by accolades or awards. No, you're just obsessed about download stats. Oh, did you know that we have at least 10 downloads in nine different countries? Come on, Italy, we need one more download for you to join the club. Cool, let's get that number up to a thousand. People are listening to us in over 60 countries. Well, they must like me or something. Or me. Too bad we can't visit these countries since you'd go bat crazy on a plane. Depends on how long the flight is. Uh-huh. They'd have to sauce you up with all those mini bottles of liquor they keep. Or with a pita colada. Pretty sure they don't got blenders on planes. Well, I bring my own in. I just stuff it away in my crate. Anyway, I travel anytime to meet my fans. Huh. Focus on getting more than ten, then. Back to business. Yeah, really, really. This episode is about other dogs, not us. Brittany was known as the last living search and rescue dog to help on 9-11. Clocking in at only eight weeks when her training began, Brittany later rescued Fleshies during Hurricane Katrina, Ivan, and Rita. After nine years of service, did Brittany just retire to a comfy little igloo bed? No way, Josefina. Brittany went on to work with first graders in a special reading assistance program. She taught kids to read? That dog really is a superhero. Yeah, her patience for being around first graders all day is a superpower in itself. Amen. She's Groot. Hey. I said she. All right, fine. I'll let that one slide. Oh, how benevolent of you. Finally, there's Tracker. Tracker made the trip down from Canada to help on that tragic day. Oh, we have a lot of listeners in Canada. Focus, Danielson. Sorry. Tracker was credited with finding the final survivor at Ground Zero. Sniffing out a woman who had been trapped for over 26 hours. Which is like three weeks of dog years. And just to solidify his status as a doggo superhero, Tracker was cloned five times. Five? Oh, but doesn't that mean more like 30 times after what we would know about cloning? Yep, and all five of his clones are carrying on Tracker's legacy today. Maybe some of them even grew up with Clone Chewy in Glendale. Are you still on that? Never got off of it. But... You are Groot, bitch. Moving on. Holidaysies and Spanakopita. Fine, moving on. Naturally, since we are talking about doggo superheroes, I thought we should mention at least one supervillain. Oh, well, there's so many cats to choose from. Yeah, you would think, but I'm actually talking about a squirrel. A squirrel? Huh. What's a squirrel gonna do that's so... So diabolical. Put chocolate and raisins in my pina colada? More like give us the bubonic plague. Say what? Yeah! A squirrel in Colorado tested positive with the bubonic plague. And officials are warning pet owners to be vigilant because dogs are known <clears throat> to put squirrels in their mouth. <laughs> I remember when you picked up that dead squirrel in your mouth. Never heard mother scream so loud. <laughs> 
Also, everyone who listens to our podcast knows how you like to sleep with them and even marry squirrels. That was a dream! <laughs> what a stupid one it was. And besides, it looks like the virus also can be passed through flea bites. So what you're saying is that squirrels and fleas have teamed up together. Yep! Now that is a formidable opponent. How do our doggo superheroes defeat them? By teaming up with our oldest ally, our fleshy friends. Be sure to keep up on your pet's flea and tick treatments and be aware of notice of flare-ups in your pet's lymph nodes. Uh, don't you mean your dogs? No, Zeddy. Cats can actually be affected worse by this plague. And I should care because... Sometimes we have to work together, even with our sworn enemies, for the benefit of everyone. You think I like to tell people to keep on our flea treatments? I hate that stuff. It'll kill you. Okay, I see your point. That's a very selfless message, Indy. Maybe you might be a superhero yourself. Nope, I am Groot. ODJ walked right into that one. With a leash on you. Moving on. In honor of our special guest, we should tell the audience who our favorite fleshy superheroes are. All right, I'll go first, since yours is obviously Groot and Vader. I myself am a fan of Mrs. Wonder Woman. Because she's a total babe. And she's got, like, the cool bracelets that go bam, bam, bam. And she spins around in circles, and she flies in a cool, invisible jet. And she's got this golden lasso that gets the truth out of everybody. And, you know, she's just an all-around babelicious babe. So, moving on. Wait, what about my favorite? Well, I thought you were going Vader. You said he wasn't a superhero. You are Groot? This is cosplay. It doesn't mean it's my favorite. All right, fine, fine, fine. Who is your favorite? Wow, you totally missed low-hanging fruit opportunity to, to kiss our guest butt. My favorite superhero is played by today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. Give a big hand for the actor that plays my favorite superhero, Captain Man on the Nickelodeon show Henry Danger. And the new spinoff, Danger Force. Please give a warm furry welcome to Cooper Barnes. Yay! Hey guys, thanks for having me. Oh, you're from Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> Went to Eastern Michigan University. Wow, can, can you guys actually smell me through the... Uh... Ooh, plant-based diet. That's pretty admirable. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an animal lover and uh, I care for the environment, so... <laughs> Listen, pal, you don't have to give us your reasons. We know all about you fleshy freaks foodie things. Keto, vegan, Atkins, caveman, cotton candy. Yeah, you know, actually, I haven't eaten any meat for many years. Uh, I haven't, not since 1988. Well, good for you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Then pass the bacon to us. <laughs> not supposed to eat bacon, but we fantasize about it. Cooper, tell us what life smells like for you during these weird times. For us, things have smelled off for months. Uh, you know, I actually wouldn't know because I, uh, fun fact, I have no sense of smell. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't smell a thing. <laughs> how do you function in society? Pretty normally, actually. Uh, okay, well then, how do you sniff butts then? You know, I don't usually spend a lot of time sniffing other people's butts. How would you sniff our butts then? Well, I mean, I don't think I would do that either. Maybe you should get a nose transplant. Uh, you know, I'm okay with the one I got. You know, it doesn't work. It's just for show, but it works for me. Whoa, Coops. Hey, is it cool if I call you Coops? Sure, Zeddy. Okay, so you could call me Z. Okay, Z. We won't harp on your obvious defects, but if it was us, we probably wouldn't last a minute. Or a day. A minute is shorter than a day, Doofus. Don't call me Doofus. All right, Doofusius. Coopsers, tell our fleshy audience about your new show, Danger Force. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's on the Nickelodeon network 
And it's a spinoff of a pretty successful show we did called Henry Danger. And uh, we did Henry Danger for six seasons. And then this is the story of the continuing adventures of Captain Man, uh, who, who I play. Cooper, what's your favorite part about your job that people wouldn't normally know about? Well, it's it probably, I guess it would be the crew because you don't, you know, the audience doesn't ever see the crew. They don't really get to know the crew the way they get to know the cast and the, and the characters. And I really have a great time working with that crew. And uh, I, I spend a lot of time with them. And they're like a second family to me. My crew is just Indy. She's right. my only bitch. You know, she has to get my coffee, rub my paws. And of course, she's underpaid like most assistants. So I'm keeping up with the Hollywood tradition, if you know what I mean. Maintaining the status quo. Underpaid? You mean not paid at all? Um, Let's get to the next question. Our research shows that you have a long line of border collies in your life pack. So tell us about some of those guys. Um, yeah, that's true. My my parents, Ken and Linda, they actually fostered border collies for many, many years. And uh, that all started after we got a dog when I was about seven named Jed. And uh, we had Jed for 17 years. And he, I was an only child. So he was basically my uh, my sibling growing up. Aww. A boy and his dog is a very special connection. He, yeah, he's just the best dog ever. And after that, they were just kind of stuck on border collies. And they dedicated a lot of their life to uh, to raising them and fostering them, and they're still doing it now. So Jed is an interesting name for a dog. Is he named like after one of your parents' like siblings or something, like Uncle Jed? Um, he's well. You're familiar with the show, The Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, my dad. No, was we're a big... we're actually uh, Generation Z. So okay. Well, then the 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 joke. The joke is lost on you then because he was not named for that. <laughs> he was not named for Jed Clamp, but he was named for a a uh, an area in Scotland called Jedburgh. Uh, oh. His full name was Jedburgh, and um, Jedburgh was uh, an area in Scotland where a lot of sheep herding was done, and uh, border oh. collies were sheep dogs. So. You know, border collies are extremely smart, and one time they even saved mother and father when they got lost on a hike in Canada. No kidding. Yeah. They thought they were going to die in the woods, and then a border collar came running up to them and said, <laughs> Hey, doofuses, you're over this way. <laughs> yeah, the border collies who lived on the ranch that they were staying at, they shepherded them back to, like, you know, the place that they were staying. And the rents were so grateful that they slept with them in their rooms for the rest of the time that they were there. They would be wolf meat if it weren't for those border collie pups. Anyway, back to you. If you could be any type of dog, what would you be? Gonna have to go with Border Collie then, I guess. You know, I'd feel weird if I if I said, you know, like a, a cockapoo at this point. Is that even a dog or is that a bird? It's a dog. No, uh, yeah, uh, Border Collie, for sure. Maybe with like a wolf as a close second. Just wait a I second, like, wait a second. Like Let's go back roll. to this cockapoo thing. I thought, oh, you're thinking cockatiel, is that right? Yeah, cockatiel, not that's cockapoo? what I'm thinking. Cockapoo uh, sounds like a bird's name. A cockapoo is, is a cockatiel kind of... is a bird. Cockapoo is a dog. Are you it's sure? A, I it's think a cockatiel spaniel yes. mixed with a poo poo dog. That's a poo poo dog. I, I just think that's kind of a bullshit name for a dog. A cockapoo. <laughs> I a think they need, to, they need to come up with a more dog sounding name. <laughs> I don't know, but they said poo in it, so that's pretty dope. That's true. The poo part can stay. I feel like that's not the problem. I mean, they should um, they should name a dog a, a shits poo. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> like a shit zoo, but a shits poo. <laughs> Holy shit. The only, uh, yeah. They could cross a poodle with a shit zoo and call it a shits poo. <laughs> that, you made that very 
learned that. Clear. You can um, say it too. Shit's I, poo. <laughs> Shit's poo. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. You should say it again. Don't mind if I do. Shit's poo. <laughs> there it is. They say after the fifth time, it's really funny. Do they say that after the sixth time you want to kill a dog? All right, all right. Tell us about your project, Big Red Bastard, and how dare you make a movie about me without asking for my permission first. If it was about you, it would be called The Little Pumpkin Prick. Oh, uh, the, the Big Red Bastard is a, a short film that I was in. It's it's not about your red rocket, <laughs> uh, contrary to popular belief. Thank God. It's actually a, um, a film noir about a... Uh, a grizzled cop is tasked with bringing in this elusive menace that is destroying his city and also his mind. Um, and it's a, and it's a comedy, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's actually a little bit of everything. So um, it's, it's, it's many, many things rolled into one, but. So um, what's your, what's your part in it? What do you, um, are you the actor, writer, director, producer? What do you um, do? In it? I'm, I'm, I wear many hats in this one, including a fedora for a good chunk of the movie. Um, I, I wrote this uh, many, many years ago. And uh, Tom Horvath, who is the director slash producer of it, um, he was interested in, in making it. And it was a very ambitious idea, a very ambitious project. And anyone who ends up seeing the movie will see why it's ambitious. But he wanted to do it. And he has a background in visual effects. And, um, and he really is the sort of the champion of this project. It's been in post-production with visual effects for a couple of years now. And um, I, I play the main character, Detective Hoyt. Um, and I also, like I said, I wrote it and, um, yeah, I also kind of co-produced it with him, but he's been editing it for many years and it's done. And now it's in the film festival circuit and it's already won a bunch of uh, awards at the, um, Los Angeles International Film Festival and also at the Indie X Festival. Whoa. I, I just found out we got in a couple others, but I'm not sure where our status is. So I probably shouldn't, uh, chat about those just yet. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. Woohoo. That's great. Way to go. Wait, let me ask you a real quick question though. Uh, is there, uh, was there any dogs in the movie or? Um, there's a sound effect of a dog barking. Uh, I believe at one point that's probably the closest uh-huh. thing we got to having real dogs. On uh-huh. this. Oh, so, act, uh, act. uh, but yeah. how come you didn't cast us? I mean, I know you've only listened to our podcast, but I'm extremely handsome on camera. I don't really like being on camera, though, but I can do the voiceover part. Okay, I'm not really talking about you, Indiana. Let's be honest. I'm just wondering why I didn't get cast. Well, Zeddy, let me ask you a question. How old are you? Oh, well, it's very forward I know you're not supposed to ask a a male Uh, dog his age. What, is this ageism already? No, 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 it's not about that. Well, maybe if you had a sense of smell, Cooper, you could smell how old he was. (laughs) Because he smells a whole lot like old cheese, Bengay mixed with a stale bag of Doritos. Not true at all. I smell like a fresh bag of Doritos. You're, you're, You're not seeing my point. The point I was making is the movie was made almost four years ago. And I don't know if you would have even been around. I'm 11 years old, man. Okay, don't tell really? anybody. Well, you yeah. sound very young. It doesn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't hear it. I, I know. I don't hear it in your voice. I'm awesome. And I mean, I look three, right? Well, you look you look amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, ageism in Hollywood is real. He likes to think he's forever young. Yeah. You're like a living, walking, talking Rod Stewart song Ooh. with a crazy snaggle. Just an out of control snaggle. You know, my daughter <laughs> loves your little snaggles, Eddie. We, we we have a photo of you in our living room. and uh, Aww. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, I bet you the reason why my amazing mug is up on their wall is because your little flesh blob, Ripley. Adorable. 
double flesh blah, by the way. We don't usually say that. No, that's not, that's not how it went down. I actually program, it's one of those uh, revolving uh, digital frames, and I have a bunch oh. of pictures in there, and I put it in there, and then whenever Zeddy pops up, uh, and there's a couple. Sorry, Andy, we don't have any photos of you yet. I'm hoping, to, okay. I'm hoping to change Someday that. Someday, maybe. I'm getting a little more used to having my picture taken. But actually, but actually, there is a dog in it. The more I think about it, there is a dog in the movie, an actual real flesh and blood dog. Um, really? Played by my, my, my parents' dog, Biscuit. Uh, what? She's in the movie. Nepotism in Hollywood rears its ugly head again. She's an actress. I mean, um, what, what's what's the deal? Is she trained, like professionally uh, trained? She went to Stanislavski. She or went to Juilliard. Meister? Okay, but, okay. Um, she dropped out after the first semester because she uh, kept. Then she'll um, be famous. She kept eating her own poop, and uh, I guess it was frowned upon <laughs> by her professors. Well, it sounds like an attention grab. Some dogs do tricks. Some dogs eat poo. But yeah, she's in the movie. I mean, we'll probably give it like two paws up, right? We'll see. On that note, unfortunately, fleshy listeners out there, we're going to have to end this episode before it gets too long and Indy's got to take a nap. I got to have at least seven naps a day. But don't you worry. We're going to do something we've never done before and continue up our special episode with Mr. Badass, super duper cool man, Cooper Barnes, on a bonus episode coming this Wednesday. That's just two days from now. So you can learn more about Cooper Barnes and his new show, Danger Force. Ooh, bonus item. So don't forget to tune in. And if you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Monday. And don't forget to visit patreon.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indy Show to learn how you can help support our show. Yeah, for as little as only three bucks a month, you can help us continue our show while getting awesome perks like early access to our shows, bonus episodes, and more. Like, something tells me this interview with Mr. Superhero Barnes is going to go on longer than two short episodes. So maybe we'll make one of those bonus episodes a longer interview with him. Yeah, he really does talk on and on and on. I think it's a fleshy thing. So tune in on Wednesday to hear part two of Cooper Barnes' interview. And don't forget to sign up to become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indy Show. And follow us on the gram at the Zeddy and Indy Show too. Oh, and before I forget, a special shout out goes to Alicia, our kibble Patreon. Yeah, Alicia! So until Wednesday, smell, smell you later! later.